0: Could you please pronounce your names correctly, and also give me a little bit of background about you?
1: <laughs> okay. Hi. Um, my name is uh, Sanna. Uh, I am a dance artist. I'm based in Finland, and um, I, I work with choreography, performance, also mixing poetry into my works. And I was, I am part of uh, the Structura Think Tank. Uh, this um, uh, where, yeah, in which we were dealing with these um, issues um, that arise from the relationship between the community and the autonomous artist, and also toxic competition, authorship.
2: And uh, my name is Anna with one N, uh, so Anna and um, I'm from Belarus, but I live in Poland. I'm an artist and activist. Former opera singer but now I use opera singing as one of my many tools to do art that makes difference and um, I'm a part of the Structura think tank uh, uh, autonomy versus community values Um, yeah and I'm actually really happy that I am a part of this uh, big project because I really believe that it's gonna make the difference.
0: Well, that lends to the basically the question of like, so th- this idea of this think tank that you were part of about authorship, competitiveness, community values, all this, wh- what did you go into it with a sort of an idea of and what has now sort of come from it now that you've sort of been through most of the process? Uh,
2: well, well, I think that um, for me, for example, this theme was very broad because uh, when we got to the debates, everybody had this um, structure of uh, of this of this build up very uh, good uh, working uh, solutions for um, some uh, concrete things but like community is all uh, like is all uh, that around uh, around us that surround us and it happened so that uh, we um structured problems and solutions and Uh, many of the other think tanks had like a bit the same themes. And uh, I think the the very core of our think tank uh, was uh, the uh, problem that community does not value artists um, like an equal uh, participants of uh, of society.
0: That is shocking.
2: Yeah, that is shocking. And we've been uh, thinking how to improve that. Uh, among the other things and uh, with that we come to solutions like we should uh, improve education uh, from the zero level like from elementary schools so for example some freelancer and artists could come to the school and tell people about uh, their work and uh, so so they would have uh, understanding of what it's all about from the beginning not like the Okay, she draws or he sings, that should not be easy. I can also do that. Uh, so, education is uh, the first point, and like some social adver- advertisement, um, I don't know, uh, support programs by the state, etc., something like that.
0: Well, no, but when you get into education, keeping in mind I'm a professor, the the problem with trying to change the nature of education is is that it's not run by anybody who gives a shit about the arts.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think that that's why we were also talking about and thinking about. Um, that's why we were kind of thinking about how to how to bring artists into into. Um, uh, into the processes of actually uh, changing, for example, the education system. How to bring artists into into processes of uh, on in like um what is it uh, local um yeah how to how to give them space to actually make decisions, for example, in uh, in local uh, and regional levels, and how to kind of include them in uh, yeah actually include the people who who have uh, have a lot to say and who, who care about the arts and who care about um what how how uh, who care about the arts role in society to be parts of the decision making and uh, yeah these initiatives that um, actually are trying to change the situation
0: well that's a very difficult balance because a lot of people who choose to be creative and go into the creative fields often are not good with or not interested in sort of being involved in politics, which is more or less what you're talking about, because even though it's education, it's still very bureaucratic and it's still overseen by, uh, you know, well, bureaucracy.
2: Overseen is a good word. Um, Actually, also wanted to, uh, like, uh, suggest an answer to your questions. And I believe that if um, activists and society and, like, we as the Struktura uh, team Uh, like all like 100 people or something, we will be like pushing the politics, so they will uh, uh, make some guidelines for educational uh, institutions to improve their education towards uh, more uh, ecological, like uh, in also sense of uh, relationship between people, like less toxic, more transparency uh, kind of uh, um, system, okay let's say system uh, so uh, the uh, new generation of the artists would dictate their own rules to all of this uh, like uh, old system that actually is not working anymore for like anyone uh, besides i don't know very rich uh, guys who's like chilling there somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah i feel like i'm probably part of that um, older generation And you all are part of the younger generation. And so I'm always interested to hear basically like what, what has happened and what's gone wrong and what sort of the new ideas of how to address them are, because trying to address these same issues in the same way is kind of the definition of insanity. So trying to find new approaches to this is probably the most important thing.
1: Yes. Yes, exactly. And, um, I mean, I think that one of, the, one of the biggest issues that we were also talking about was, uh, was how artists feel, at least, uh, yeah, we, yeah, because we almost had this kind of, uh, almost like a support group in the beginning in, in our Zoom meetings, just kind of ranting to each other what's, what we feel is wrong in, 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 the, in the art scene and what we feel is wrong in, uh, in the ways we are working with. And one of the issues was that, um, at least for me personally, it's, uh, it's been a very lonely job and somehow, um, to, um, yeah, how to, how to bring, bring a little bit more of a, this collective, collectivity and, uh, community into, into the work of an artist. And then we, we, uh, we were talking a lot in, in the think tank also about how to, how to, um, create kind of, how to create maybe programs or funding opportunities for artists to actually um, create uh, insights their communities, or maybe how to how to uh, give them access, or make the access easier to uh, to communities who might maybe like to have an artist working with them.
0: Well, I love the idea of collectives. It's to me, it's something that it, it's it's sort of a concrete version of what used to be just like critique groups or peer peer conversations at, at the bars and stuff like this. It's a more uh, contemporary way to sort of formalize that, which I think is great. Like I wish that had been around when I graduated, but alas, it will, I mean, it was, but not as formal as it is these days.
2: Also, uh, I always uh, as as a revolutionary, I always say like unions, unions, and one more time unions, and if they are already existing, they should work better.
0: I don't understand why artists have not unionized. I mean, I I know of places where there are like associations that sort of function like a union, but not really properly done. Like I've always said, like part of the okay, going back to your whole like competitiveness and all this other stuff, like part of the problem with the arts is the lack of unionization has made it so that basically anybody can undercut or underprice anybody else and sort of win a contract, let's call it, or, or, you know, sell a piece or get an exhibition. Because they can just price it however they want. And so therefore, this competitiveness is caused by the fact that we're not unionized. Because if there were 10 painters that were able to be in this exhibition and they all, let's say, cost the same because of the union, then it would be much easier for decisions to be made in many ways instead of just purely off of capitalism.
1: I think that's one of one of the main reasons why, I mean, one of the main reasons why uh, some unions are not really like artists' unions are not really working well, and this is like an example that I know uh, from Finland. I think, yeah, I mean, I I'm not like an expert on this issue, but but I think that um, many of the many of the great benefits that the unions that this union has uh, are more directed towards people who have contracts. And because many the vast majority- or like yeah i i would say the vast majority of artists work as freelancers without or very very few contracts, then it becomes really really difficult to actually um uh keep track and uh yeah to to have like yeah how to how to create tools for freelancers to actually try to uh um keep uh, try to have their rights
0: well to me the the freelancers are the ones who need the union the people who have contracts they don't need a union because they could just negotiate their contracts
2: i wouldn't say i wouldn't say that people with contracts uh, like let's say theaters right uh we all know how how toxic uh, theater atmosphere is and uh uh, yeah, yeah, it's true. Unfortunately, well, uh, the drama theaters are trying, are trying to re, re, redo that, uh, and I know that in Poland, they um, some theaters are are uh, in, like innovating their system with uh, contracts where people are very um, like they're very concrete in what they do, what they do not do what is their responsibility, where it starts, where it ends. Uh, and it's very healthy, I think. But for example, in uh, opera theater, it's still uh, very, a very, very toxic uh, atmosphere, at least uh, on the, uh, on the like, eastern side of Europe. And uh, unfortunately, people from theaters, like there is, n- there is not only the contracting, uh, there is only I think, with the uh, abuse of power, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. For example, I had this problem with the director I've been working with. Uh, he uh, is uh, like my, uh, I know him and uh, we had this kind of a uh, friendly relationship and then he offered me a job and it was all good before he started like telling me, okay, uh, well, well, we uh, decided that I will work like on this uh, project two weeks. I couldn't um, make it more than two weeks because I had my uh, other things in Warsaw and I should have uh, gone to other city for this project. And uh, we talked about that, he knew that so he was like uh, very gently started manipulating me in like maybe you will come a few days earlier and then for a few days before that and we ended up in may that he said that for the june i need you for the whole of the june and i'm like wait it was two weeks in the beginning and we had this whole conversation he was very abusive uh, i was very uncomfortable and then uh, it like it, uh, it went okay, I, I went there, uh, there was a day of premiere and we've been talking about this other conflict and he was saying very good things and then he uh, put his hand on my leg. And it was, uh, I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to do. It was a short one. It, 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 he, he was like a very friendly-ish and uh, I did not say anything about it because it was the day of the premiere and I was already very uncomfortable and uh, I chose not to t- say anything. So I'm a very uh, like streets feminist and it was, a, uh, it was hard for me. Uh, and uh, it w- it is just like the small example of uh, of what it can be. And people, even with the contract, they know that there is this director, there is this uh, like uh, conductor, uh, there is this, I don't know who who will uh, do as he or even sometimes as she wants, and I will lose my job because uh, there is a hierarchy. So yeah. Uh, contract uh, artists also really need unions and the very uh, transparent contracts with all of the ethics stuff also uh, written down
0: oh yeah no 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 just to be clear when i'm talking about when i use the term contract people in the arts i mean like administrative people at museums and people who have like you know year-long contracts or that are automatically renewed etc etc that by no stretch of the imagination does an artist who has a two-week obligation to create a piece of art that is not a contract employee at all that's still freelance so unless it's a year-long thing with like a retirement plan and health care and all that that is not a contract employee so just to clarify the difference
2: yeah yeah, okay i just meant the, the that the abuse of power is everywhere uh in the contract system also in the long term contract system and i know some artists who like uh, quit their job because of that so yeah still
0: sana anything to add
1: i think i might not have a lot to add on this contract discussion
0: fair enough okay so the going back to like the terms authorship that that you brought up in the beginning, which I love that term. I've always enjoyed that term. So give me a little context about what you're talking about, what you all have been talking about in your forum about authorship.
1: I think um, we talked a lot about how um, one of the uh, on on many in many um, art disciplines, uh, one of the only ways to make money from your work is to in a way um uh is to act as some sort of a landlord for it to to sell it out to rent it out and uh and this um i mean this needs to um this needs this needs authorship a recognized authorship you and you need to be recognized as this as the author of the work to be able to get the get the benefit of making money out of the work and i am um, my because i am uh, uh, i am uh, an artist in the performing arts field this issue is uh, i think it gets quite complicated in the performing arts yeah i mean we're both kind of <laughs> in the performing arts though so uh because um there very rarely is uh is an object or uh or a product that you could sell to anyone and so it's basically I uh, it's almost impossible to uh make money out of a work that you have already created i mean you can you can you can maybe you can say that you can sell it to festivals for example but um but then uh yeah i think i think authorship in performing arts context it's very very complicated also in the way how um how many times, many times the, the works are created by a group of people, not collective in the, in the sense that they, yeah, they are usually not maybe, or it doesn't, it doesn't need to be a collective that is established in a, yeah, doesn't need to be an established collective, but more of like a working group. And then, uh, uh, I, we talked about how, uh, there is no, apparently there is no such thing as, um, shared authorship i'm not quite sure what what we decided to call it in the end but but like legally it's uh it's quite difficult to uh, give rights to all of the people in the working group and yeah we uh we were talking about that
2: there's also this problem that um, a lot of authors are not recognized, no one knows about them. And still, if they can uh, make money out of, their, uh, out of their authorship, no one knows about them, no one buys their work, no one uses their work for anything. And uh, it still makes no sense, actually.
0: Well, authorship, I mean, there's different ways of doing it. Because there's intellectual property laws, which which sadly is almost always just about an idea, but not an actual thing that's produced. So like, it's it's really hard because I think a lot of the, I don't know, the foundation of the laws and the issues and stuff are are again like just like in education are created by people who are not artists. So like, the idea of intellectual property law. I love. I think it's magnificent. Unfortunately, it's not a worldwide thing. So like intellectual property law here in Estonia versus in the United States versus in I don't know, I'm thinking Madagascar, the laws are different and they don't they don't go consistently throughout the world. So like while I may be, may have produced something here in Estonia, I'm not protected in the United States. So like it's it, the inconsistencies in these things and, and the subtle nuances of the different regions also becomes ex- exacerbatingly difficult because again, like we as creative people are not looked out for by the powers that be. They don't care about us. We are their bastard stepchild. And so they're, they're not making like new laws or rules or anything to protect us in any way. That's my soapbox for the day.
2: Okay. yeah yeah that, that that's a big problem that people who are not doing any artistic uh, job uh, like work uh, it's not their profession uh they're making the laws that are uh like not not working actually uh, yesterday we've had this discussion about uh, like criminal laws because we've been talking about belarus and the abuse of power of the police etc and uh actually uh, on the on the example of such uh, such uh, regimes as in now in Belarus we can see that they are shaping laws for themselves
0: <gasps> that's shocking
2: yeah uh, that's that's actually very shocking for some people who are <laughs> who are victims of that and uh, um uh, yeah uh, it shows us the president that actually the law is not con- is not concrete it can be used it can be uh, reshaped, and that is the problem. And we need something else than the law, like um, or the law should be more transparent and uh, done by people who actually know what they are talking about in that particular theme. It's uh, it's very important. Yes. Yeah, I am um, kind of going back to this uh,
1: this difficulty of of uh, what comes with the the very varying um laws regarding regarding authorship in different different countries and different in different continents and some of some eu initiatives and um i wouldn't say that eu is uh maybe uh it's not perfect in any way and some of the some of the great things that it tries to do um turn out to be very ineffective at least to my knowledge because uh there is not really that much uh, effective ways to follow if if things are actually done the way that they should be done but um we we were talking about in the think tank how um how it would be useful especially in the arts to somehow create uh, uh, um, decisions and um yeah how to um how to maybe uh Especially uh, regarding to authorship, for example, how to um, create like a set of rules, um, guidelines, or maybe maybe even uh, maybe even uh, laws regarding that, and how how you could be part of implementing those. But again, it's only then uh, in 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 the con- regarding the countries in the EU or maybe Europe. But yeah. So it still kind of does not really uh, solve the problem of how um how you go how you might go to to the United States or you might go uh, go to a festival in maybe uh, maybe in the Madagascar for example and uh, yeah
0: well like I taught at in the United Arab Emirates and I was employed by the government at a university there and the in the end their contract for my job said in it, which of course I didn't read the contract this closely because it didn't even dawn on me until like a year or two in there, that any project I produce or any piece of art, any sort of anything like this, legally they own it because I'm employed by them. And even my grandfather, he was a chemist and he worked at a, a food company as a food chemist. And every single thing that he produced – and the company owned it. So like this is it, the problem a lot. Is it's also like the, the arts and creati- creative endeavors are being lumped in with capitalistic corporate values and ideas. And it's a very sad state of affairs in my position.
2: Yeah, for example, uh, that would be a great decision for, like, if uh, the rights would be yours, but, uh, like, if they could have some percent because, like, they provided you a place for work, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera.
0: No, they took a hundred percent.
2: That's, I'm sorry.
0: It's okay. I just didn't, I just told them I didn't make anything.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. They,
0: they can't prove that I did make something, so
2: yeah actually yeah yeah
0: but going back you also brought up competitiveness this is something that i have had a long-standing issue with in the arts because i'm the child of a priest i'm very much about community very much about working together you know raising everybody up to make us all better kind of a thing and the competitiveness like i come from a photography background photographers are horribly competitive like holy shit so competitive there are many other, I mean, printmakers are some of the most communal people because they share equipment, share studio spaces. Photographers are very independent because they really just need a camera and they can walk around be by themselves. And so I find that a lot of the things that um, are more group oriented or that work together for the process of creation oftentimes end up being less competitive fields. And so I'm like, how can we resolve this competitiveness in general because it comes down to funding opportunities resources whatever all these different competitive things that sort of they kind of crush our souls sometimes because we don't want to be competing and quite honestly we shouldn't even be competing because everybody's viewpoint is individual everybody's unique the idea of being able to quantify x is better than y is very subjective there's so much there to unpack. So, wh- how have you all looked into this, and what what have you sort of come to come out with?
1: Well, I think, I mean, uh, just as you were saying, Matthew, that um, uh, competitiveness kind of, or like some of the root causes in that they are they are the lack of resources, lack of funding, lack of opportunities, or maybe not even the lack of them, but the fact that there are so many people uh competing exactly for the for the same opportunities and the same same grants and um i mean in uh, i mean i am a i am an artist working in a fairly remote um city remote in a way that it's not anywhere near these uh cities that have masses and masses of artists for example in the central europe and um, maybe I might be proven wrong in my later endeavors but um but i I found that it might actually be a lot more um i mean in a in a way more sustainable <laughs> to to work uh in this place where there are not really that many artists and really not not really that many people in the field of the performing of of uh of dance works ex- uh, especially and uh Yeah. So we were talking about decentralization and decentralizing the arts field. And I think even though it's not, it's not a, it's not an end goal, it's not something that somehow would solve all of our problems. Because then what it comes with is this uh, lack of support networks, lack of community is, uh, lack of community, like artist community. If you're not able to somehow swim into the, um, local local community, not as an artist community, but just the people who live in the place, who who live in the area, who live in the region.
0: But wait, okay, you're saying that the arts industry should be decentralised.
1: I think it might be a tiny part of the solution.
0: Why well, I'm fascinated. You believe that the arts industry is centralised currently?
1: Um, I'm not. Um, I I would say that um, in many kind of I mean, I have no experience of living in this crazy, uh, 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 huge hubs of, uh, for example, the Central Europe. like. Uh, but I would say that, especially in these places, it might be especially hard as an emerging artist, as a young artist, to try to uh, gain an audience for your work, to even create any work.
0: Well, see, from my experiences, oftentimes like in these big hubs, like I grew up in Washington, DC. Okay. So pretty big hub, good, good amount of art being produced there. There are there were what you would probably assume would be like a centralized groups. Like so there's this group over here, this I'm doing hand gestures. I apologize for the podcast, but like there's a group on the right, there's a group on the left they are both let's say equally as powerful influential whatever the the part that drives me a little nuts sometimes is that like if i choose to participate with group a group b will never work with me
2: actually i have uh, something to say on that because uh, so yeah uh, first one decentralizing is one of the solutions but also we've been thinking about education and also mindset. Uh, So my parents are classical musicians and uh, I've been taught to be competitive from when I was a child. Uh, From the beginning I was a bit, um, I would say, isolated from other kids uh, because of uh, different things, actually. And uh, when I got into the arts institution, uh, into music college, Mm, It went even worse because um, I started to work with opera. And opera is one of the most competitive uh, fields in uh, in, the art world. Because uh, apparently there are a lot of people who want to sing opera. And I would say it's very, very connected to mindset. Because uh, nowadays opera singers are like egomaniacs. Like, if you, yeah, if you are not egomaniac, you will not be uh, successful in opera.
0: Well, opera is where the term diva comes from.
2: Yes, but sometimes you can be diva, like, just uh, to show your like, you know, a queer kind of diva. Uh, but in the opera, it's like um, patriarchal, uh, perfect kind of diva who, like is very cruel to to her um, competitions yeah it's it's like uh people who are sitting in the ch- chairs of it, 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 like in educational systems uh, at the competitions uh in the theaters they like people like themselves and if uh, and and they are like mostly they're very uh, like um, narcissistic persons and they taught everyone yes yeah they i'm sorry it's
0: sorry yeah i'm I'm making faces to her like i'm just i'm just shocked that you think there are narcissistic people in, in the arts <laughs> that's so surprising
2: no i i know there are not, actually i i i will tell you the the truth that like my therapist tells me that like um most of the people are narcissistic yeah? <laughs> so because we live in this capitalistic narcissistic uh, oriented world they taught you from the beginning to be competitive uh, because there is no funds because there is no job because she looks better than you so you should better be singing uh, like you should be singing better for example but uh it's a it's a it's uh, like circle because uh, they are doing that you are being competitive and uh, like it feeds this system that exists already and as i was saying uh, previously if there would be some ethical kind of guides to educational system uh, that would provide this kind of thing in some way there would be a new generation of artists who think like in another uh, uh, like uh, in another way, and this system wouldn't work for them because for example me, I quit opera not because like i couldn't get anywhere but because I someday understood that I'm fighting the system of regime in Belarus, so why am I uh, trying to get to the opera theater where there's like little regime where are uh, like those own dictators like i don't want to work in this toxic field like it's insane how toxic is that and i think that more people would understand that it will be changing because it's changing already but more people who will think like that who will prioritize like uh, transparency and mental health the more changing uh, will happen
0: well, like my father used to tell me, he's, he, he always said, choose a, choose a field or a thing of interest to you that is, is not in direct competition with other people and you'll be much happier. Because when you actively choose to be in direct competition with others, then you're going to be worrying more about the competition than you are necessarily about the quality of whatever you're making and the pleasure of making it and whatever else kind of thing is important to you. So I have, you know, base my entire career out of trying my best not to be in direct competition with anybody but on the other hand my career is probably not as good as it could have been if i was more competitive
1: i mean i'm i don't think i have anything like straight anything to add that relates uh, exactly to what what you were saying matthew but no problem (laughs) But you can ignore everything yeah. <laughs> I say. It's fine. No, I would like to say something for that but um I um I would also like to talk about um the importance of peer to peer support and uh, maybe yeah maybe it could maybe it maybe could be also called or in the form of mentoring for example because I because I think uh, I mean we have established that, uh, I mean maybe even all of the people who all the people who work in the arts face competition and issues with the uh, dealing with stress and that's yeah, all the all that jazz. So in that case it would be I think it would be just very, very helpful to even even if it doesn't solve the problem itself, but to even have some sort of channel, some some way of uh, just ranting together. And on giving each other feedback, being there for each other, supporting each other, and that's I think it's also in. Uh, I mean, that can also have a very active role in in trying to get away from this very toxic competitive mindset that is somehow ingrained in many of the um, many of the ways in which uh, which grants are uh, given out and and uh, yeah how uh, yeah how bad the competition is for in open call sense. Yeah, all that's.
0: Well, and how not transparent those competitions are.
1: Exactly. And one really, I mean, yeah, one really big issue with that is also the fact that you never, almost never, very rarely get feedback on any of your failed applications. And while, uh, while we recognize that it's, it is, um, a ridiculously, uh, Huge amount of work to give feedback for maybe a uh, five hundred thousand, five hundred applicants, thousand applicants, but it's still something that somehow needs to be done. Maybe not by the people who actually decide on the grants, but but maybe in the form of mentoring, maybe in the form of peer to peer support.
0: My voice sounds horrible today, but anyways, I have a question for you because th- this is something that I've come to learn in my age the, the in hindsight. Now you all are much younger, which is of great benefit, I think, in having these conversations. So something that I've think I've learned that I think I understand now that I'm wondering what your perspective on this is, is the value of what I call sort of more or less like staying in one place. So like choosing a place to live and making that your foundation and then sort of going to artist residencies or going to maybe even just like going to schooling for a couple of years and then coming back. But like building that foundation, that peer group, that mentor group from one location, because I made the mistake in my career where I constantly moved. So like I would finish out something and then move to a new city and never sort of never go back really. And, and I feel like that that's something that's, very important that I don't think people think enough about
2: yeah that's extremely important uh, for example uh, when i was uh, when i when I finished my uh, bachelor's in Warsaw, I had uh, many like i i would say friends who moved then to other cities for masters and I stayed in warsaw I've been planning to uh, uh, to study in some in somewhere else but but it did not happen. And uh, I stayed in Warsaw and my friends, they were gone and we lost the connection and it felt really lonely for two years. And then the revolution hit and I, I like, I got to know so much Belarusian people <laughs> that now I also face this problem that I want to leave Warsaw. I want to leave Poland because I don't like how it's there. And I can't because of all of my friends there. <laughs> and they are give me so much support in all that I do that it's incredible. Like, I feel so much better than when I felt lonely, like, um, in, in, in my masters.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I, I must, I must say that I actually haven't really thought, uh, about the other side of the coin of, uh, yeah, what it means not to stay in one place. Uh, yeah, as a, as a working artist, because I feel that that's, uh, this, I, I mean, maybe not establishing this, uh, this like, yeah, not, not settling down in a way, not settling down in a way that you decide to live in a place and then you stay there forever. But I feel like, um, I have really been, um, yearning for this type of belonging feeling of belonging and trying to um tr- yeah because i think this um the f- yeah staying in one place it's somehow essential for for actually creating these communities and this collectivity that we have been talking about and even with this uh, great platforms such as yeah the zoom and, and all this online uh, things, social media and stuff. It doesn't really, it cannot replace the true human, like the human encounters, and we cannot really. um It's yeah, I don't feel like it's a sustainable way to try to build a community on. So I am. Um, I mean, I suppose. Pers- I mean, I studied. I studied abroad. Uh, I studied in Iceland, which, which was great. But I think as a, as an island with uh, not so many inhabitants, it can get a little bit uh, lonely there as a, as a foreigner coming from abroad. Um and then yeah, then I when I came back um to to the place where I was born, it was a conscious choice. Um I I felt like I even though the place was very familiar to me, I I was not um I was not really part of the art scene in that place. So then it was this problem of trying to plant myself back in the country where I was uh, I was born in and in the place where I was born in, but still not uh, having community around me. And I think that that's something that's, I'm kind of maybe getting a hang of it now, but I think it takes a lot of time.
0: Well, I think the broader sense of like a desire to be accepted somewhere, whether that's a local community, whether that's the greater arts world, whatever, like our, Sort of psychological desire slash driven force to have, find some acceptance is one of the more difficult aspects of being in this industry because, like, if somebody's a lawyer or a I don't know a doctor or an accountant, like they're not sitting around going, "Oh, you know what? I really want to be accepted by my accounting industry." Like. They don't care, they just do their job. But we have this innate desire, not only to be able to create, be funded, have time, like all these other things, but in the end, what we really desire the most is probably to be accepted, slash, I also like using the term respected, like we want to be respected in our field.
2: Yes, yes, like respected, returning to community values and the value of work of the artists. It's also like, we have this need to be taken seriously uh, which is not happening most of the time there is a big problem
0: well i mean just like in every other industry the way to show to show respect is to pay somebody a a fair wage for their work
2: yes and like recently um i'm in this activistic environment and uh, like uh, recently it's been like let's make art for art because we don't have money because they don't finance us and like what the, what the f like yes yes I'll, I can do this activistic stuff I do that all the time I like uh, don't have money at all and uh, still please like be be decent be um, be honest with me don't say like make art for art I'm, I'm gonna be sick because of that uh, phrase, it's it's so it it happens all the time. It's like let's respect each other uh, as as artists. You know how struggling in that. Why why are you like uh, making these excuses? Let's be honest with each other. Yeah. So it's it's so it's it's a huge problem. And I think yeah, we we talked we talked a bit,
1: or maybe more than more than just a bit, about how we would really like to see a world in which. Um, artists artists are um recognized as almost as like a commun not community workers in uh, maybe in the usual sense but a part of almost uh, yeah as a very integral part of the society and also a part of kind of like public um, public well-being and uh, I think, yeah, we we then talked about how that's um, that kind of really also that for that, to, for that to happen, there needs to be a lot more transparency on what the artists actually do and how, how do, how do, how does the work that they do benefit the benefit the society in general? Or how does, how does the work benefits maybe this certain community or, uh, yeah, what, what does it give?
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I have this thing from when I was a child. So again, I grew up in Washington, D.C. near the Smithsonian uh, Institution. And I always was like, I would go around and I'd be like, you know, the societies, cultures, whatever you want to phrase it as, are in hindsight are almost always defined by their arts. Um, because like, look back at the Greco-Roman. What, what do we have museums to? To their sculptures, to their architecture, to all their creative endeavors. They're the things that has like visually and aesthetically like propagated throughout history as defining a time, a culture and a, and a region or whatever. And yet in the daily you know rigmarole of life they don't care about us even though we're going to be the thing that's going to define this time period a hundred years from now
2: yeah as, as i was saying on the panel like the, there is this great phrase by art from the living artists it's it's so good i mean like the, the the buying art from like dead artists should be banned for 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 private people it should be in museums and uh, yeah you know people should buy art from living artists they need that they, they need it to leave
0: <laughs> agreed do you have any last uh insights or experiences that you'd like to share from what you uh did here at Destructa in estonia
2: well, it's just like, I believe that it's going to be better. I know that the thing we are doing now is uh, going to change the world for better. And it's incredible. We're already building that community. And I'm very grateful for that. And also to you for this podcast. It's really a good thing that you're doing. Really, I mean, thank you.
0: It's a joy. I, I am very happy to be able to do this. I learn a lot from all the people that I talk to.
1: I would like to say that um, we—I I, feel—I feel hopeful. I think uh, about about uh, uh, yeah about the work that we have been doing, and I think that we we were a very ambitious uh, ambitious group of people, um, uh, and we had a we had a huge. I mean, it was kind of it was very intense. In terms of workload and in terms of uh, uh, feeling like we would have needed, we would have needed the, the eternity to just talk about these issues and to to create solutions for them. But I think that's uh, what we what we got done and what uh, what ideas we came up with uh, within a kind of a short time during this forum. I I feel that um, I am hopeful in the in the sense that I have a feeling that uh, yeah things are going to change in the in the future. I mean they are. I mean they are. All, of course they are always changing, but I think that's already this amount of people when we go to our to to the places where we live and um, to the communities that we are part of. Uh, the effects are already going to start to ripple outwards and and create. We had something that we cannot really even know yet.
0: Marvelous. Well, today, thank you very much for taking the time.
1: Thank you so much. It was, uh, it was great to be a part of this podcast.
0: Before you go, we would like to thank you for listening all the way to the end of the conversation. We would also appreciate it if you would share the podcast with your friends, family, co-workers, or studio mates, anybody with an interest in the arts and creative industries. The building and strengthening of the arts and creative community, both today and for the future, is at the core of our mission for this podcast. They can listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are produced by 5014, and the music was created by Pete Bybee. The Wise Fool Arts Podcast is supported in part by an EEA grant from Iceland, Liechtenstein, and Norway in an effort to work together for a green, competitive, and inclusive Europe. We would also like to thank our partners, Hunt Kastner in Prague, Czech Republic, and Kunstcenterne i Norge in Norway. Links to EEA grants and our partner organizations are available in the show notes or on our website, wisefoolpod.com. Dot com you